thing on is this thing on hello everybody we are back welcome back to one for one i've 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 missed you i've i've missed everyone i've 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 missed myself i've missed my friend miles who's looking at me right now he's very excited he's giving me a nice big smile i'm nolan schumann joined as always by my co-host miles fuchs miles we're back. Season three. It's on. What's happening? My guy. Hello. It is so nice to see you again. It's been a hot minute since I saw you on a Zoom screen, but at least we got a nice little visit in between there. Nolan, how the heck are you? How was your summer? You want to fill me in on? Well, I, I know what you're up to because we're so close in real life, but what, uh, what were you up to this summer? Okay. What's keeping the, you busy? The, the way the way that you said the way that you said I know what's going on is kind of, was just a very weird delivery and it was really funny. It was I like just, the, uh, <laughs> it I was... just finished the, the the Dahmer series on Netflix. Oh so, no! Um... Why did you segue to that? <laughs> uh, maybe it's affecting my personality. Maybe I'm kind of maybe I'm kind of kind of a weird guy. I don't know that. I don't really like that bit. I don't. It's not. It's not hitting the way I thought it was going to. Jeffrey Dahmer, kind of a tough hang, eh? especially tough hang um i like the way that the dude played him though evan peters because he like i i have watched because i'd never like seen clips of dom or talking in real life and i'm watching the show on netflix and i'm like why does he make him sound like the weirdest midwesterner of all time and then you listen to an actual clip of dom or talk and you're like oh that's how he sounded like that's that's called method acting he's just a he's just a he's just a casual dude from the midwest i mean what else can you ask for right um, I always sorry last Dahmer thing because we need to get off of this because it's a dangerous place to be. You know what else is a dangerous place to be? Ohio, and it makes sense. All these memes like where it's like I hate Ohio, or like there's way worse places if you could be in Ohio. That's where he's from. It makes sense. Maybe that's why rubber factories and murderers. That's all they're good for. Miles plot twist. I'm going to Ohio next month. Oh no! Why, dude? What are you gonna do? Go into the to the Goodyear factory? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to one of those like problematic like Cleveland Browns tailgate parties where they where they are <laughs> where they're doing really troubling stuff. Uh, R. E. Deshaun Watson. You're kidding, right? Or are you going to watch the the birds? Uh, no. So I'm gonna go, so I'm actually going to see one of Taylor's friends. Um, Taylor's a friend out in Cleveland that we're gonna try and go see. Uh, so we're going to make the little drive up from, uh, from Ontario all the way to Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, sucks. we're, yeah, we're going to go, uh, go to the rock and roll hall of fame, which is pretty dope. Um, I might watch some, uh, I, I might, I might go and watch the dog pound if I can get a cheap ticket. If not, then I'll just be going, oh, 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 uh, from her friend's living room. Um, but, but yeah, so I'm, I, now that I know all about the, uh, the, uh, uh, history of Jeffrey Dahmer and the fact that he's from Ohio, um, well, that just kind of bums me out. And so, uh, not looking forward to that. Thanks, Miles. Um, no um, if anyone out there is, uh, done the Dahmer show, hit me up. I want to talk about it. I need more people to, to, to chat about it with. And yeah, 
I'm a, maybe I'm maybe I'm a true crime guy now. Maybe I'm, maybe oh, I'm a new a true the, crime are you, guy. Are you the are you the classic like white girl meme that's like I'm just so different. I just like I just like to listen to true crime podcast. I'm just obsessed with serial killers. <laughs> wow, fucking congratulations! <laughs> You're making a lot of friends. <laughs> Season three is off to a fucking bang. Nolan, how was your summer? What'd you get up to? Tell me it quickly. Okay. I don't, um, I don't have a lot of time to hear about it. Okay. Uh, uh, what all did I do? Um, oh, I went to I went to BC. I went to Saskatchewan. Did a lot of cool stuff. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you can't tell, bought a house. I'm in a new area. So uh, I'm in my new basement. Um, so that's really exciting. In the new house, I'm officially a big boy now. Uh, and I was telling Miles uh, about a week or two ago, maybe it was a week ago, I was telling him about how now I can come at things from a different perspective, and it's uh, what I would call the the homeowner's perspective. Uh, so when so when Miles wants to uh, 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 tell me his views on um, on how a locker room looks, I can say, "Well, Miles, as a homeowner, I can say this." Um, completely disregarding the fact that Miles has owned a home for what three years now, Miles. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Hey, congrats to you guys because that's a completely different market, completely different situation. Don't sell yourself short. Life is not a comparison. It is our own journey. Oh God, that's so beautiful. You just you just know how to just pull some pull some pull some wisdom out of out of thin air. Um, and uh, speaking of uh, pulling things out of thin air, the Edmonton Oilers. You're not gonna ask me about my summer, hey? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You're a scumbag. <laughs> Miles, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you realize I did that on purpose, right? No, I thought you didn't. You're just playing it off. No, like I, I, genu- oh, I, genu- I genuinely meant to. Thank you, Nolan. A yeah. um, lot, of, lot of highs, a lot of lows. This was a big summer for old Miles. Uh, worked like a dog. Maybe went out a little bit more than I should have. Had a lot of fun. Got some good stories. Went to a bunch of weddings. Golfed a lot. Worked a hell of a lot. But... Learned a lot, Nolan, and uh, I'm rested. I'm recuperated. Neither of those things are true. I live in Spain without the S, and I'm really looking forward to getting back into things with the pod and, and hockey season. And I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good one. I want you to be rested and recuperated, and not Marissa Cooperated. <laughs> California. I hate you, Taylor. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I should. I should probably. Not, I, should, say. I should probably not say that. I'm gonna. Be, I'm, gonna I'm gonna be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be kicked out of the house. I share a mortgage with her now. Um, okay, Miles. Nolan. Should we just? Should we? Should we? Should we just jump into this? I think so, buddy. Why don't okay. you? Why, why don't you lead it off, kid? Or do you want me to tell the folks at home what we're gonna be doing today? Sure. Let's do that. I'd love to do that. So. On the schedule today, we are going to do a little bit of Oilers talk, not a lot of Oilers talk, just a little bit, just a little bit of talking about the Oilers, nothing too crazy, just a little bit of recent news, because I'm we're going to be doing, brothers. I'm not the Blues Brothers, Barbie, because then after that, we're, we're going to be doing a big Western Conference preview next week, um, so just a little bit of Oilers stuff, a little preseason stuff, uh, stuff things like that. Then we're going to do a little bit of NHL news, a little bit of quick stuff, some good stories, some good stuff going on there. Um, we're going to talk about a list that came out recently of the NHL's hottest coaches. That'll be a fun one. And then we're going to be moving into the meat and potatoes, the the borscht and sour cream, uh, the Eastern Conference preview. 
with both the Metro division and the Atlantic division, breaking down every team, uh, players in and out, our outlook for their season coming up, some notable re-signings, first round picks. It's very comprehensive. And I think that these notes, Nolan, if these are any indication, it's going to be a hell of an episode. So that's how we're going to wrap things off. So why don't you get it started? Like the black eyed peas. Well, Miles, the Edmonton Oilers have been getting it started uh, this preseason so far uh, by by having a lot of competition. I will say, um, the the I'm not like Miles said. We're not really going to get into too much with regards to Oilers talk. We're not going to get into like the meat and potatoes of like the additions and the subtractions and things like that. Um, but there are a couple storylines right now. Um, most notably really two players that have, uh, that have really made a large name for themselves. Uh, the first of them, what's that? You're going to, that you're Never mind. Go ahead. I won't try. Okay. I was just going to say, um, you know, one of them whom we're already pretty familiar with in a, a young man by the name of, uh, Stuart Skinner who is currently slated to be the backup this season to, uh, a new addition, but we'll get to him next episode. Um, and he's been phenomenal. Uh, he's been basically taking over a lot of these, uh, a lot of these second halves to games. Uh, I believe in Winnipeg the other night he played the entire game and he was just tremendous. I watched the highlights from that game. I don't know. Have you watched any? Have you watched any of the preseason stuff at all? Yeah, I've been watching a lot of the like preseason recaps and following along on Twitter. So I'm getting more of the like bit by bits of it rather than the whole shabangs. But I've been happy with what I've been seeing so far. Um. My heavens, Dylan Holloway. <laughs> okay, so I am going to say what I originally was interjected with. Um, some guys that I'm really excited about. Uh, why, why don't you read what you have in the notes, Nolan? <laughs> Be authentic. Uh, I, I just wrote, yeah, as, as point one, I'm horny for Stuart Skinner <laughs> and Dylan Holloway. <laughs> And- as you should be, man. The, the, like Holloway this preseason has been an absolute menace. He's been so good and it's like it's he's been I know it's probably like a it's it's probably like a cliche at this point to be like he's not only doing it offensively he's being a really good two way player as well. And that's really it. I mean Dylan Holloway has been has been playing in all situations power play penalty kill 5 on 5. He's been tremendous in all aspects of the uh, of the night and as we record right now Monday October 3rd uh as it just turned 9 p.m., the Oilers will be facing off against the Vancouver Canucks in a preseason battle where Dylan Holloway is on a line tonight with Leon Dreisaitl and Zachary Hyman. Second line, baby. Oh first, my look God. At, first look at him in the top six, man. I'm excited. It's it. It's really good shit, and um, I mean, man, there's there's sequences where he's got the puck on his stick, and he just looks like a fucking freak. Like he he rem- his skating. Uh, this this might just sound lame because I I know I'm a simp, but straight up though, like if you really pay attention, his skating reminds me so much of Taylor Hall. He has <laughs> he has like the same stride to his skating. I don't know if you noticed that, but I. I- I've like, he has a clean, like he has a good stride to him and everything. Like he's just really good hockey player, but um, he's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. He like, in all of the media availability and stuff, he's really likable. Has and no I, shirt on most of the time. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's a rocket. Like, let's be honest here. He's, he's a player that uh, is somebody that's getting the Oilers organization and fans really excited about. So yeah, I think we, I think that's, I think that's enough of the quick simping for Dylan Holloway. A guy that um, is, is is not. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. Um, okay, 
Well, let's talk. Originally about... a Flames fan, hey? Yeah, well, that's confirmed confirmed per himself used to be a flames fan yeah but i i love when he got drafted and he says not anymore yeah and he had to throw in there too and my buddies either now they're now they're all other fans too so what you know f- that it's just all love from the hallmeister what a lord um <laughs> what a lord um uh, speaking of uh oiler i don't know even this is a terrible segue it's i'm a bit rusty okay um oilers made some transactions uh yesterday or on yeah yesterday on sunday uh following players were loaned to the ahl's baker bakersfield condors xavier borgo Seth Griffith, Noah Philp, Michael Kesselring, Phil Kemp, and Olivier Rodrigue. Uh, now, a couple notes about those guys. Noah Philp had a pretty pretty good preseason. I, I think he's really carving out a role for himself um, as potentially like a fourth-line center of the future. Maybe the guy that can kind of take over as Derek Ryan most likely will leave town uh, next summer. Uh, Phil Kemp, I thought, also looked <laughs> leaves, really good. Leaves town or uh, gets you know gets his rig assignment changed has to join a different crew he's got to go to the next flying j yeah sorry boys yeah um uh olivier rodrigue i i i don't know about you man I, i'm just kind of out on rodrigue to be completely honest i just don't think that he's i don't know if he's an nhl goaltender i no, I just, but you but what what are you your options right when uh Stuart Skinner slated to be your backup and you got rid of and god I already don't know his name I'm season three is off to a bang the Russian goalie that the Oilers just let walk just Ilya, let him go for Ilya nothing Konovalov. exactly so if you don't have Skinner you don't have Konovalov you need somebody to a young goalie like a project like a prospect and that's exactly what he is yeah. so don't don't worry about it let him let him do his thing if either of our guys go down during the season though um then it's panic time and kenny's gonna have to make a make a dollar decision yeah and, and and the thing that i've been really encouraged by with this preseason so far is it definitely feels like it definitely feels like if there is a knock on wood issue with regards to uh the new addition that Stuart skinner can actually take the reins and, 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 and he can go on a bit of a run as the starter for this team. So um, hoping for the best there. Uh, and then a couple players got released from their professional tryouts and will report to Bakersfield. <laughs> and what are you laughing at? Hoping for the, the best there. <laughs> that's just funny. I think that's just as funny. I think you're funny, Nolan. I don't know what to tell you. Thank, thank hoping you. for the best there. Thank you, Miles. I appreciate it. I like, I like being known as funny. Um, uh, uh, another guy, Alex Peters. These are two guys that had pretty positive, uh, had pretty positive, uh, had pretty positive results for this team. Uh, Luke Esposito was just like a fourth line sort of mucking it up kind of guy. Alex Peters was a guy that was a third round draft pick, I believe by Dallas. And, uh, he came over, uh, he, he came over to the Oilers, but, uh, they're, they're, they're being released from PTOs and then will most likely play for Bakersfield coming up. Uh, another guy that was sent down to be placed on waivers, Greg McKegg. And then I want to say, I heard that, uh, Brad Malone was also sent down. I could be wrong in saying that. I have no idea. But anyways, um, yeah, so m- moves being made. Um, there's a certain somebody I think all Oilers fans are, are waiting to see if, if he's going to get cut because he most likely should be because he hasn't done anything to um, really make a name for himself on this team. Sh- should I, should I, 
we 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 should just rip the band-aid off uh, drop the hammer okay uh, jake for tannin um i luckily we weren't recording right when the jake for tannin pto got announced because um i wasn't too happy about this whole thing um I've I, I've I, I've ranted about the Oilers and their management and some of the decisions they've made over this over this time period of us having this show, but the Jake Vertanen news just really 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 bummed me out, um, and there's really no other way to put it. Uh, this is a guy that um, obviously had his uh, had his boat with this uh, sexual assault case. He was found not guilty, um, but it was just more of a kind of lack of reading the room by Ken Holland and the entire Edmonton Oilers management team, and especially with a certain somebody who is uh, was uh, I believe was actually under oath I believe tomorrow uh, by the Canadian government uh, for his work with Hockey Canada. We'll get into that some t- at some point soon. But anyways, uh, the thing with Jake Furtanen is he, he just wasn't good in the KHL that, that year he had away from the NHL. And he, he came here, has played in the preseason, and besides, he had one pretty decent play the other night where he where the Oilers scored off of his forecheck, and that was really about it. I've, I don't understand why this guy is still around, but... I just, I really hope that this team makes the right decision and actually gives his spot to somebody that's a little bit more deserving of it. Yeah, I think the proof's in the pudding there. Like, it's a guy that's, it just wasn't worth the PR. I don't understand why they did it. Um, But what pisses me, so let's put all that on one side of the scale. We've talked about that. I agree with you, whatever, we're over it. On the other side of the scale, um, it's just so frustrating that like big, big guys, like tall heavy power forwards um, have to prove that they're not worthy of an NHL contract where like young speedy forget the young but like small speedy skill guys have to prove they are like you look at all these guys that are getting shots over and over again for various teams on PTOs and just invited to camp over and over and over again that were high draft picks that are big dudes they're just gifted spots that younger or little like smaller players have to fight for so it's just frustrating because you think in the new nhl uh in the past few years how the games evolved that that would be a little bit less of a thing but jake for and out here proving that old habits do in fact hopefully die hard so we will see how it all works out yeah exactly um okay I know this is kind of a, a weird sort of like left term, but I just quickly want to talk about this. Uh, so no, let's get some positivity going after that, yeah. <laughs> that the okay. last story. So the other pretty big piece of news from the Oilers or that has come out Oilers related is uh, not the long ago, I believe it was last week on Insider Trading. Uh, our, one of our favorite uh, insiders per Darren. Uh, he he's not 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 known as Darren Dreger. He's known as Per Darren. He's Per um, Darren. He's Per Darren. Uh, he he mentioned uh, what's going on with the Jacob Chikrin sweepstakes in Arizona. I don't know if you want to call them a sweepstakes because Arizona is now having to lessen their demands on their potential trade offers for Jacob Chikrin. Now Jacob Chikrin is a 24 year old number one defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe not number one on a Stanley Cup contender, but potentially number two. Really good number th- or like insanely good number three. Ooh, is that the is that the Oilers Kool Aid? Ooh, what are you drinking there? Keep going. Is that that's is that a is that a CB? Keep going. Keep going. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um. So Jacob Chikrin. Uh, this is a guy that really can can slot in anywhere in your lineup. He can play uh as little as 
21, 22 minutes a game all the way up to playing 28 minutes a game. This is a full top flight, top pairing defenseman um, that you could plug and play in your roster. And the Oilers were among some of the teams that were interested in Mr. Chikrin. Now, this is exciting because it seems like the Ken Holland regime has not been in on any of these big potential blockbuster moves. And to hear the Oilers being named in that group was pretty refreshing. With that being said, uh, Mark Spector, uh, Spector, can I talk to you for a sec? Uh, qu- quickly followed up by saying, I've been told that the Oilers are not in on Jacob Chikrin uh, and that they would not be willing to move Philip Broberg as a part of this package, uh, in which Per Darren uh, re- replied back saying, uh, I'm not saying that it's a deal that's happening, but they've definitely inquired about Jacob Chikrin. So fuck you, Speck, loser. Um, now, Miles. It seems like the the holdup that fans and media alike are kind of discussing right now is the inclusion of a man like Philip Broberg. I have my thoughts. I want to know what yours are. About Broberg being on the Oilers, like, starting roster? About him potentially being in a Jacob Chikrin package. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking smash it. Hell yeah. I fucking agree. <laughs> Let's go. The window is open. Uh, it's time to make you, like a, a player like Jacob Chikrin doesn't come available very often. And if you can, I'm saying, I'm going to say dollars and cents a lot in regards to the Oilers this season. So uh, maybe we'll put on a shirt, but uh, if you can make the dollars and cents work for your hockey team and you can get a player of his caliber with the pipeline of Oilers prospects that we have, I wouldn't be upset to see Broberg go. I think the issue is, is like, It'd be a different story if this was, um, you know, moving for if it, it would be a different story if they were moving Philip Broberg as a part of like getting Travis Sanheim, who has just this season left on his contract. Yeah, no, Whereas a guy that has sorry. this guy has three years left. Like Chikrin has three years left and is a fucking stud. Like this is a actual stud defenseman. Um, I mean, you said it. Like the window is open now. You cannot wait for young prospects to to work their way up. Um, I understand if you see a guy like Dylan Hollow and you say he's untouchable because yes, in certain instances you need guys that are on ELCs. But when it comes to rookie defensemen, that's just a completely different animal. You can't you you you, you can't compare him to a to a top flight forward. Um, uh, yeah, I I completely agree. Um. Now, with that being said, I, I've been doing packages in my head. I've been, been, I've been scheming. And I figured, what if the Oilers did a 2023 first, Philip Broberg, you'd probably have to put Tyson Berry in that deal because I think they would take Tyson Berry. Cap, four, cap daddy? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, he's $4.5 million. He's got two years left, including this one. So he'll he'll be an expiring deal after this after this season. They can probably flip him at not this upcoming deadline, but the next deadline for like probably a couple decent picks if you retain half on him, and then throw in like a B level prospect, like a Raphael Lavoie or something like that, like a just a couple extra little pieces, and then sweeteners. Yeah, a couple a couple little sweeteners, if you will, but. At that point, Arizona gets a first round pick. They get a pretty good they get a they get a good young top ten drafted prospect. They get a kind of in between NHL AHL forward, kind of see what you got there. 
And then you've also got Tyson Berry, who can be an asset in his own realm. I mean, I really think that you can move Tyson Berry to, to some team that's looking for a little bit of puck moving out of it. But then you could move. But then, as the Oilers, you can run Nurse CC, which I think works as a pairing. You can run oh, Chikrin Bouchard. Oh, <laughs> baby. And then you could run Kulak and Dmitry Samarukov. And then you don't have to worry about Dmitry Samarukov having to pass through waivers. Beautiful. Beautiful. Away we go. Done. Perfect. Okay. Um, do you have any other thoughts on Chikrin or anything like that? No, I want. I'm excited to. I'm licking my lips for the rest of the episode. Oh, okay. Do your second part. Oh I don't know heaven. what that's about. I don't like it. Um, I don't know why I put this as my first note, but I just I just saw this the other day, and I just wanted to just mention this. Um. Fourteen-year-old uh, Gavin McKenna, who was selected by the Medicine Hat Tigers first overall in the WHL draft, um, had four primary assists in his very first game with the Tigers last week. Um, now he's a late 2007-born kid, which makes me feel really old. Um, and he, and due to his super young age, he could only play as like an occasional call-up this season. I actually didn't know that was a rule in the uh, in in CHL or anything like that. Um, but he's obviously shown that he has a bit of skill to sort of stick around and to and to really make a name for himself. Um, and, and fun fact, though, uh, he was born in Whitehorse, uh, Yukon Territory, and like Sabres forward Dylan Cousins, um, he he could potentially be one of two players to play more than six NHL games. That's fucking crazy. That's for, awesome, man. Yeah, for for like uh, for like a capital, because I guess. Is it's a capital of a territory, right? So yeah, that's crazy. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. It just goes to show like the disparity of resources that are in northern Canada. You don't really think about it a lot, but also interesting that you know they're trying to grow the game so much in non-traditional markets that maybe there could be a little bit more done in you know the northern territories in Alaska to get more players out of those uh, places and. Yeah, it's just a great story to see a kid who doesn't necessarily have uh, a local uh, person to look up to right away. I mean, Cousins is a, is definitely one, but not you know to to be one of the trailblazers for yeah, yeah. for northern hockey. So that's awesome. That's good to yeah. see. Go go Tigers. Yeah, go Gavin. Go go buddy. Um, the other thing uh, mentioned too, uh, this was actually announced today, is the NHL is introducing digitally enhanced boards. Uh, this comes from via Greg Wasinski at ESPN. Um, per Greg. Per per Greg. Um, so this the the clip has been kind of making its rounds on Twitter. Uh, basically, this this comes from the article. The NHL is, is debuting digitally enhanced dasher boards for all games that will erase and replace the advertising found on arena rink boards with virtual ads on the broadcast. The DED system allows for the digital replacement of camera visible arena dasher boards within local, national, and international ga- NHL game broadcasts, while overlaying other advertisements on the boards will be its primary function. The DED system will eventually allow broadcast to use the boards for everything from in-game stats to special effects for goal celebrations. So that second part I actually think is kind of cool is like the in-game stats portion of it because it it actually kind of reminds me of like an NHL video game because like they'll like they'll do that shit with like t- like the top-down view. It'd be like oh yeah, it sounds like the... NHL threes. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. 
What I don't like, though, is the idea of this sort of static, or I guess, I don't know, maybe, is it static or kinetic would be the proper word? This Static like, is standing still. Kinetic would be moving. Okay, this, like, kinetic change of the advertisements on the hockey game, I that, that clip that they have roaming Twitter right now is one of the most distracting things I've ever seen for hockey. Like, that's, like, that's like glowing puck-worthy distracting. Um, I'm all for using digitally enhanced boards, but don't change them during play. I just think that that's really fucked up and it looks really weird and is really distracting. Uh, I don't disagree with your point, but I think that if you look at just a straight up opportunity cost of like what this is, like what you're giving up versus what you're getting, you're as a marketer, as a, uh, the National Hockey League trying to grow your business as a team, as a local business, like every, there's so many different people that win. And it's this, this line specifically that really stands out to me. Uh, the DED system allows for the digital replacement of camera visible area dashboards within local, national, and international NHL game broadcasts. So if they're able to, you know, make that relay available for small, so instead of just being available for Gatorade, Tim Hortons, and insurance companies, if they're going to have it available, it kind of sounds like they're going to be able to change it for local broadcastings as well. If smaller businesses are able to get that media buy, that's incredible. I, I think that I think that that's really good. And furthermore, for the large companies that are able to make these graphics, like on these campaigns that are going to have crazy money for these ad campaigns, I think you're going to see some really cool shit get made. I, and it's just the creative aspect of it, I think, is really, really cool. I, I agree. I agree with using like I, I agree with using the system. Just don't change it during play. Like so, if you're if you're gonna do it where you have one advertisement, um, and then there's an offside, and then during that offside they could change the ad, but don't do it when it's the rate of when it, when it's actually during play. Like I don't want to see fucking Connor McDavid rushing down the ice and then go go FanDuel, Bud Light, Gatorade, BioSteel. <laughs> like it just looks so it looks so distracting. If you if you were to just I completely agree with your point and with and with changing it in that direction, but don't do it during the rate of play because it just it completely throws everything off. Yeah, but that's where the business has got to eat, right? They want it during rate of play so that people are seeing it. Well, we'll agree to disagree, Miles. <laughs> hey, uh, dog, dogs got to eat. Everybody's got to eat. Uh. Uh, speaking of guys that gotta eat, uh, the oh. big dog, the big oh. dog, Jay Woodcroft's gotta eat because you know what? You know what he was? You know what he was listed as a, Miles, the I... NHL's most handsome coach. Oh, oh, oh! I can do that. Did, I can do man. that. Nobody's home right now. It's perfect. <laughs> Did you see the clip? It was going around on Twitter today that he was um, as a like he was a child the actor. Little, he was an extra hobo. in the Littlest Hobo. Yeah, that's so he can coach. He can act. Have we heard him sing? Because he could very well be a triple threat. Hollywood, Hollywood might take this guy. We don't have to worry about other NHL teams. We got to worry about Hollywood gap, grabbing this guy up and making him making him a star. Imagine we find out that Jay that Jay Woodcroft also just did like some like pornos when he was in college, <laughs> and he's a real triple threat because you know he's you know you're a, you're a defenseman with a long stick from time to time, Pierre Maguire. Did you, did you hear that? I did. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> some good sound effects. Hot Jay, <laughs> story of the day. 
Um, and coming in second place was Daryl Sutter. Uh, if what the hell was year, that if about? If he ain't first, you're last. Sorry, my <laughs> Dude, Daryl Sutter is number two. He looks like a Sesame Street bird. <laughs> it's a, so apparent. So this came from like a gambling company, and then the gambling company sourced it out to some like scientific research company that like went off of their like sim, sim, like the symmetry of their faces or something. Which oh, so it's not it's not actual like showing a room full of people 32 headshots and being like that one then yeah. that one then yeah. that one exactly because yeah. okay. the, the whole because i believe in third place is Derek lalonde like the new coach of the red wings <laughs> i think like bruce boudreau was nine. Oh yeah it like this list like it's outrageous. this list Just... much like jeffrey dahmer tough hang um so miles <laughs> I I mean we 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 might as well ask you right now. Um, who are your top three most handsome coaches in the league? Okay, we are we putting bias aside? Yes. Okay, my top three, in no particular order. Rod the Bod Brendamore has to be up there just strictly because he's just a grizzled former NHL player. He's still rocking it at like fifty some years old. If you don't respect that, I don't respect you, Luke Richardson. For the Chicago Blackhawks is a very good looking cat. Okay. And I would probably give Bednar number three. I think I'd put him in my three. He's he's also I, I got a thing for hockey players, apparently. We we only have uh uh we only have one that overlapped. Um I firmly believe that Jared Bednar is the hottest coach in the NHL. Like he's right. fucking so good looking. His hair, man, just like that hairline. If I have that hairline when I'm his age, I'll be fucking tickled pink um, uh, somebody that i think is very attractive uh, but doesn't get the credit for it john cooper i think john cooper's got that like got that good dilf energy to him he looks like a politician and but politicians like, like are a, always put yeah, together like a like a nice handsome politician that would be like that like i would fuck up on a line change and he'd say it's okay but just no, make but sure I, you get it right just make sure you get it right next time for sure for sure yeah uh, and third place, um, I mean, it, it, it might be a little easy, but Martin St. Louis is still a fucking uh, good looking dude. Um, can't forget about Marty. I mean, maybe, maybe sub six feet, but short Kings, short, short Kings matter. Short Kings are taking over, man. Um, yeah. So I, I, I approve of your list. I approve of this message and I think my list was pretty good too. So here we are. I, th- I think it was. So that is one for one, uh, official, officially official top three hottest coaches. Thank you. This is, uh, this is our, our list. Um, Miles, do you have anything else you want to touch on, uh, in the, uh, overall, like sort of discussions about things, or do you want to just get to the meat and potatoes? You know what, Nolan, uh, um, I'm starving right now. So I think, uh, I think a little Sunday roast is exactly what I need. A little meat and potatoes. <laughs> Um, it is Does that Monday. okay? Does that work? It is Monday. People don't know that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of revealed that, it. Know that. I, 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 I kind of revealed it earlier. So, um, I mean, I mean, who's who's even who's even checking, right? Okay, so this we're is gonna, what you came for. We're gonna do this by conferences. Um, instead of doing it by divisions because divisions was a lot of work and took a really long time. And we're going to try and streamline this a little bit more because uh, the NHL season is coming up very shortly. So we're going to get into um, 
we're going to look into each and every each and every team in the Eastern Conference. We'll go through by division, but we're not going to we're not going to spend too much time on each one. We're going to kind of try and go through them a little bit faster, a little bit more efficiently, if you will. Uh, uh, so efficiently, Nolan, that we have a template made. We we and we do have a template made. We're going to be running through each division from last in order of last year's finishing. We're going to give you the, their record. We're going to tell you how they did in the division. Well, you'll guess it, figure it out. And we're going to tell you how they did in the Stanley Cup playoffs. From that point on, we are going to say who's in, who's out, who got re-signed, who they took in the draft, and who we think a breakout player is going to be. And then we might say two or three things about that team if, if we find, you know, the conviction to do so. All right. Well, let's get into it. With the Carolina Hurricanes, I don't like this team. I still don't like this team. Hey, because... what division? Oh, the Metro Boomin division, baby. Metro Boomin Metropolitan. We love to see ah, we yeah. Love um, the Carolina Hurricanes finished with a 50-24-8 record last year, first in the division, and then lost in the second round to the New York Rangers in a bit of an upset. Uh, the Rangers went on a little bit of a run there uh, to close out last year's playoffs, uh, unfortunately deeming the same fate as the Edmonton Oilers losing in the conference final. Makes us sad. The The Carolina Hurricanes, though, much like every other season, had a very busy offseason. Uh, a couple guys that came in, you might know them, Brent Burns, uh, Lane Peterson, Paul Stastny, Andre Kasha, Max Pacioretty, Ryan Dezingle is back, uh, William Loggison, I completely forgot about that until the other day, uh, Wild Bill himself, uh, and Zach Sachenko. Uh, the, headed- the the Sanchenko chain might there might not make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but there's one listener that is gonna be like, "Are you fuckers?" when they hear that. So uh, that's that's for you, FFK. I, I was I was gonna say, is that Zach Sanchenko himself? <laughs> <laughs> um, going out, we've got Tony D'Angelo. We'll get to oh! a little bit later. Abigail. Ian Cole, Brendan Smith, Nino Niederreiter, Josh Levo, Max Domi, and Vinny Trocek. Uh, that is a big one. Uh, a couple notable guys they re-signed in Ethan Bear and Martin Nichas. Uh, their first-round pick was Scott Morrow out of Shattuck St. Mary's. <laughs> Shattuck St. Mary's, six-foot-two defenseman. Um, yeah. Miles, you have a breakout player. Who's I your, do. Who's your breakout I do. player? So my thing for breakout players... My, I guess, litmus test, however you want to put it, was they could not score more than 40 points last season. If they scored more than 40 points, I wasn't going to consider them a breakout player. And this guy was right on that cusp. And that is Seth Jarvis as my breakout player for this team. Uh, he's moving up to the top line. So he's going to be playing with Aho and Teravainen. Does that compose their top line? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. That sounds right. That's believable. And believable is nine tenths of the law. So I think Seth Jarvis is going is a is a great player in his own right. Uh, good Canadian kid, shout Winnipeg. He's gonna be playing with some pretty gifted guys, and yeah, I could see him putting up some some big numbers this year and surprising a lot of people. So Seth Jarvis is my breakout candidate. 
I'm going to pick, and I feel like we've been waiting for this guy to break out for a while. Yes, Barry Kakaniemi. Um, yeah. Most like, most likely going to get, um, most likely going to get high end, uh, either third line center or second line center role. You hope that he challenges for that second line center role, and I think he's going to. I think this is going to be a guy that has a ton of potential, and he's going to play with some really damn good line mates. I think he might be playing with Andrei Svechnikov, which uh, that's uh, not a bad, uh, not a bad guy to play with. So yeah, that's um, cute. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's just a ton of depth to this team, man. Like they've got they've got guys like I mean, Max Pacioretty is gonna be out for a little bit, but I mean, when he comes back, that's a guy that scores fucking thirty five goals in his sleep. Like that's and that's a guy that you just plug in anywhere. Brent Burns is coming back, or you know, is coming to this team, and that's a guy that just launches shots from the point and can be really effective in in uh, Carolina system. So, um, that's gonna be a really 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 good team this year. Yeah, they're going to be a good team. I think you might be overhyping the Burns acquisition just ever so slightly, but we'll see because uh, the past three years, they've had defensemen come out of that system that have been freaks of nature stat-wise. So maybe that can be the resurgence he needs because I think he's still a good player, but oh, I don't yeah, know. We'll he, see. We'll see. I, I mean, he, we'll see. he's also been trapped on a dog shit San Jose team for the last three years. And he's so. like 37 years old though, man. We got to can't forget that this guy doesn't have the, doesn't have the breakaway juice he used to. Well, I think he's just gonna hang out at the. I think he's just gonna hang out at the blue line, just launch shots from the blue just line. He doesn't hunt, need to move. Just hunt caribou on his private ranch and see what happens. He's just gonna hunt shin pads. <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Miles, do you want to do you want to take the next team? Next up, we got the New York Rangers. Last season, they finished with fifty-two wins, twenty-four losses, and six single points. They were second in the division, and as mentioned, lost in the uh, the in the Eastern Conference Final to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, players that have moved in, the previously mentioned Vincent Troshek came from Carolina. Yaroslav Halak will be backing up Vesna winning uh, goalie Ilya Igor Shosturkin. He came from Vancouver. Ryan Carpenter out of Calgary and Chef Louis Dominique from Pittsburgh. Players on their way out were Ryan Strom, Frank Vatranato, Vatranato, Gregoriev, Andrew Kopp. Greg McKay, go Oilers. Uh, Victor Mete, Justin Braun, and Kevin Rooney. Notable re-signs. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Sammy, Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay. And then I put in brackets, stepbrother, what are you doing? Because he had a very interesting fuck up on the internet this season calling his sister hot. Um, first round pick, originally a second rounder uh, in the Andrew Kopp deadline deal that became a first when they made the Eastern Conference Final. This is the first time since 2016 that they did not have a first-round pick. Um, my breakout candidate for the New York Rangers, and I feel like this may be a little bit of a cop-out, but I put Caco uh, Capo. Uh, I think that they are finally going to see this guy emerge. I like the way... Why are you laughing? What are you laughing about? It's the opposite. It's Capo Caco. I don't care. <laughs> Caco Capo. I'm Don Cherry. I'm Don Cherry, but younger and less racist. A little, a little less racist, apparently. <laughs> Fuck you. Hey, okay, you Capo Caco is my breakout player. I think that he's gonna finally make a big step. The re- the resign. There's a lot of things that have been said about him getting healthy scratched in the last game of the season for them that they didn't trust him to play a role. They didn't trust him in that power situation, like in that pressure situation. But the re-signing this summer 
the roster construction of this team, him being another year older, I think this is finally the time where he's going to step up and he's going to be a great player. Maybe great enough that I will remember his name correctly. Um. Oh, by the way, I, did I even give? Did I even give a break? Oh yeah, yeah, I did give. Never mind. We're good. Um. Uh. Yeah, I think. Uh. I. I am I. Am I a nerd if I pick Alexi Lafreniere? I don't think you're a nerd. I picked number two. You can pick number one. Well, I think I'm. I think I'm going to pick number one. Um, Alexi Lafreniere is just waiting on the bubble to break out, and I think that this is a guy that if he plays, I think there's talks that he's playing with Panarin and Zabanajad, which um, you better get lots of points uh, being strapped to that line because uh, that's a hell of a duo to be playing with. Uh, so that would be fun to see. Uh, next up, we've got the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, 46, 25 and 11 record third in the division lost in the first round to the New York Rangers. And they actually had a really busy off season as well. A, a little bit actually uncharacteristic to what, to what we usually see from Pittsburgh. Um, coming in, we've got Jeff Petrie from Montreal, Ty Smith from the Devils, Jan Ruda from the Tampa Bay Lightning, Ryan Paling from the Montreal Canadiens as well. And uh, former Oiler, Josh Archibald. Yikes. AstraZeneca uh, himself. <laughs> uh, going out, we've got John Marino, Mike Matheson, Evan Rodriguez, and Brian Boyle. Uh, they made a couple of really big signings in Chris Letang, who came back for six years. Uh, Ricard Raquel, who got a massive deal. I think that was also like six times six. And, uh, oh yeah, this little guy named Evgeny Malkin, who I, I can't remember if he got four years or six years as well. They, like they dished out a ton of money to a lot of guys that are getting up there in age. Um, uh, their first round pick, Owen Pickering, 22nd overall, uh, famously not from Pickering, Ontario, uh, and plays for the Swift Current Broncos. Um, Speedy Creek Stallions, baby. Excited <laughs> to see him this year. Uh, uh, my breakout candidate for this team is Ty Smith. This is a guy that started to show some, some, some pretty significant offensive juice in New Jersey, and I think he might get a little bit more. Uh, I think he might get a little bit more free reign to play around on maybe that second unit power play. And if he moves up and down the lineup, maybe he gets to you know play with some, play with a guy like Jeff Petrie and just gets to launch passes up to Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with that. So, uh, who's your breakout candidate? I am going to go maybe a little bit, not not sexy here, but I'm going to go with Jan Ruda. I think that he's going to be a, a really big piece of this team. Uh, coming from Tampa Bay, he's got a lot of experience. He played last year as the partner to Victor Hedman. So he's used to playing with great defensemen, uh, a very good defenseman in his own right. He's going to have a good, big role carved out for him on this Pittsburgh team. That's why they brought him in. And yeah, I don't know if he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be sexy on the score sheet, but I think that he's going to be a really good defenseman for them. And for that, I think he's my, my breakout player. Oh, lovely. Perfect. I like to hear that. Um, Miles, <laughs> um, can I, can I just tell you one quick thing I just read? What? <laughs> Did you, uh, has anyone let you know what happened during the Rams 49ers game that's going on right now? No. A fan ran on the field of the smoke bomb and Bobby Wagner tackled the shit out of him. <laughs> That's awesome. Really cool stuff. Um I just Bobby Wagner, to... one of the top seven people in the world I would not want tackling me. <laughs> might might hurt a little bit. Um yeah, the uh the the 
the tweet from Ari Mirov, um, the the guy that works for uh, PFF, uh, formerly known as My Sports Update. Um, uh, a fan ran on the field with a pink smoke bomb, and Bobby Wagner came in and leveled him. <laughs> leveled him. Uh, okay, Miles, do you want to take speaking of getting one? leveled, Nolan? My hopes and dreams for the player that uh, ended up going to this team, the Washington Capitals, who were 44, 26, and 12 last season. Good for fourth in their division, a wild card spot in the playoffs, but ultimately lost in the first round to the Florida Panthers. Uh, the player, Nolan, who dashed my hopes and dreams going to a team that was not the Oilers was Dylan Strom, because I really wanted Dylan Strom to be an Oiler very, very badly. Um, but instead, he is a Capital, along with Connor Brown, Eric Gustafson, and Darcy Kemper. Out is Nicholas Backstrom. It's not really out, but he's on the IR for most of the season. Uh, former Oiler and Stanley Cup champion Justin Schultz, Vitek Vanacek, Ilya Samsonov, and Johan Larson. Notable re-signings, Marcus Johansson, Matt Irwin. First-round pick, didn't put one. Did they have one? I'm not sure. Only took us three teams for a notable fuck-up. Congratulations. Uh, my, my breakout player is Dylan Strom. I think that he's got a role carved out on this team. That's why they brought him in. Um, but I think that there's a lot of offense on this team. I think there's a lot of players that he can be in a position with on like power play or even just a five on five that are going to really complement his game. And I think he's a player where a change of scenery is going to be really big for him because I heard some things through my insiders and through my Googlings that he had kind of lost some favor in that dressing room in Chicago and didn't necessarily have the uh, the uh, position to be as prosperous as he could be there just from like a situation standpoint within the team. So don't strong. You're the guy I'm looking for. Um, in our Zoom chat here, Miles, um, I just put uh, the Wikipedia link to the uh, Washington Capitals first round pick. I dare you to say his name. Oh, I don't like this. This is the worst part of everything about this. Is when I have to say players' names, I get really self conscious, and then you just sit there and you go, <laughs> you laugh like a witch. I can't even fucking pronounce it. So you're okay. Standing over a smoldering cauldron, you laugh at me like a witch, Ivan. Miroshnishko. Ivan Miroshenko. Oh, whatever. So, so, sorry, Ivan. We are fucking up your name. Oh, um. Oh, right. I forgot about this. He oh, was no. the he was the player that uh, he was the player that got Hodgkin's lymphoma and he was able to come back and like able to it, like the cancer went into like full remission and now he's fucking back cock lock and ready to rock. We're <laughs> cheering for Ivan, man. Good shout show. out to Ivan. Yeah, shout out this guy. Um, so yeah, hell yeah to the Washington Capitals. Um, my breakout ca- my breakout candidate. Uh, oh yeah, Miles, you you uh, did you did you give yours while I was <laughs> looking up Ivan's name? I did, and I guess that's how forgettable it was. Dylan Strom. Okay, perfect. Uh, mine is Connor McMichael. Um, this is a guy that has been uh, has been talked about lots by Capitals fans. Has been super hyped up, uh, and I think that he could have a have a pretty nice little future here. It's uh, it's an exciting time. I think that the youth is going to take over, and Connor McMichael is going to be able to work his way up the lineup. So hopefully he's in a top six role, and maybe he gets a couple of uh, maybe gets a couple of little apples from uh, a little guy named Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, if he slots in in that backstrom, if he works his way into that backstrom position on the power play. Just it's a license to print money. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, uh, the New York Islanders are the next team. 37, 35, and 10 record. Fifth in their division. They also missed the playoffs. Um, 
kind of a tough beat for the Islanders last year. Like they started off their season and like didn't get to play at home and then COVID wiped out their entire team. So, um, I mean, it's difficult to kind of get a good, uh, get a good bearing on sort of how they're, how they're going to be looking for this upcoming season. But, um, I think Lou Lamorello actually did a pretty smart thing and didn't really do a whole lot with this team. Um, coming in was Alexander Romanov though. He came over in a trade for the, for their, for their first round pick. Um, they're really banking on his potential that he wasn't able to reach with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and out, I just wrote this team is basically the same as last season, minus uh, a little guy named uh, Barry Trotz and a little guy named Zdeno Chara. Um, Zidane Ochara, by the way, uh, we haven't recorded since he retired. Uh, I know that this is kind of on the spot. Do you have any thoughts on the Chara retirement at all? Um, my favorite Zidane Ochara memory is the picture of him in his bedroom. When you find out that he has like the BDSM restraints on the bed frame, that's, that's just big Z baby. You're like, that, 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 I don't know. I think that that's so funny. I think he was doing like a zoom interview or something like that. And, uh, just in the background, it got tweeted and somebody zoned in on that right away. So it's funny. You can't hide from anything, but, um, most games played by an NHL defenseman. He was like never supposed to be anything because he was so big and gangly in the dub and just a really good story of what happens when you like work hard and, and never stop persevering. So, um, shout out Big Z. Sucks, think- sucks he's retired, but maybe could maybe could have retired a little while ago. But good memories of him on the Bruins. Man, like 2010, that that sort of era with him and like prime Duncan Keith and like Shea Weber, like those guys were. Zdeno Charo, like you said, he he wasn't supposed to work out. If we were to see a player like him come into this league now, it'd be like, oh, he can't skate very well, writing him off as a player. Um, and somehow, through hard work and determination, he was able to really, really, really make himself into a first ballot, no questions asked Hall of Famer. And I think the other thing I, I'm, I'm going to really remember him by is less like, how good of a dude he seemed like he was always very outspoken for like social issues and things like that. Like was very much, uh, you know, involved with like pride month and, 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 and things like that. And really trying to, and really trying to spread important messages across the league and really try and, um, uh, you know, keep up with the progressiveness of the NHL, or well, to try and push progressiveness in the NHL. So that's really cool to see, uh, from Zdeno Chara. Um, other than that, Barry Trotz obviously being gone is is going to be uh, is going to be a really 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 big loss to this team. Uh, there's just something about the defensive structure that he placed around this team um, that allowed for not only not only the team um, but himself to sort of like establish a culture as this like shutdown defensive mindset and his goaltenders always had sick numbers as well so um that's going to be a a very 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 big shock to the system for that team uh notable re-signing though Noah Dobson he got a three-year deal um I mean he kind of needed it at this point I think he's going to be like their number one power play guy now uh their first round pick obviously mentioned it was traded for Alexander Romanov uh my breakout candidate um probably a probably a bit of a fucked one but give me Matt Barzell I think that this is the year that Matt Barzell finally breaks out under new head head coach Lane Lambert and I think that this is the the this is the season where we see him 
get back to that sort of pre-trots um, uh, uh, while John Tavares was still there and that sort of 80-90 point range. I, I, the, the kid is just too talented to not hit, uh, to not hit those numbers. Yeah, I think that's a really good pick, and I don't think you're crazy at all. So I'm going to backpack off of that and say Anthony Bavillier. I think that maybe he can have a good season. I think not. I'm not chirping you, but I feel like Matt Barzell is a little bit of a cop out pick because everybody knows how talented he is. I agree with your reasoning 100%. So again, I'm not trying to be critical of that, but I would, yeah, I'd take Bavillier. I just think it's funny that, oh, uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, Dylan Holloway scored. What did I? What do we say? Popped, locked, and ready to rock. What a f- what? Once again, I'll say it again. What a lord! Guy that loves weed leaf decor. Oh god! And that's <laughs> just so cool. Like you can't get any cooler than that. Uh, when um, he makes the team, we'll tell the story. Miles, you get a really fun next team to talk about. Oh, dude, I am going to absolutely offend cultures with this next one. <laughs> The Columbus Blue Jackets, I'm not even going to try. 37, 38, and 7, good for 6th in the division. They missed the playoffs last year. That's tuck, tuck, tough. Uh, in, Eric Goodbudson from Calgary. And Jonathan Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau, also came from Calgary. The biggest uh, free agent acquisition of the offseason went to Ohio. Something about the state, am I right? Out, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Dean Cahoon, Kukin, Kukin, Gabriel Carlson, and Nathan Gerby. Oh, I think he retired and now he's an assistant coach somewhere, or something like that. I think that was kind of the the or player development uh, liaison is the talk role about, that he talk about a short king five five a short king. Yeah, I Nathan Gerby, man, that's tough that he's out of the league, but we're uh, we're thrilled to see him thriving elsewhere. Notable re-signing Jonas Corposalo, who is uh, one of their uh, net miners there. He's going to be joining Elvis Merzlikins to be that goaltending duo once again. Their first round pick was hmm. <laughs> Do you know how to say that? David Yurichic. Yurichic. Or sorry, ne- Yurichek. Yurichek. Sorry. Yurichek. Yeah. He's a Czech defenseman, taken sixth overall, and then Denton might made a check, twelfth overall. D man, also foreign. I feel like My- he might be Canadian. No, I think I'm pretty sure when I was filling that in that he was from, I think, like Czech or Slovak or something like that as well. Oh, okay. Uh, my my MF and breakout candidate, Cole Sillinger. Guy had a wild offseason, notably linked to Tate McRae, Instagram official. Shout out to the boy. So, I yeah, but all things aside, I think that Cole Sillinger's, like, came into the NHL as a rookie, had a really impressive season. He was on some Calder watch list for a couple of guys. And I believe even garnered a few votes. So looking for a really big year two out of him. I also think that with the changes that they've made to the top six or to their top first line, uh, he'll get a little bit more favorable matchups, might even get a position to learn. We'll certainly learn, not a position, duh, uh, to learn some really like offensive tricks and different uh, dimensions to his game that I think are really going to make him grow as a player. And, you know, if he gets thrown on a power play unit or something like that and gets to actually play with these guys and show this the skills he's got this guy's the limpet so uh cole cylinder is my breakout candidate for the blue jackets i just i just forgot um i didn't even mention in the notable resignings that patrick line got a four-year deal for like almost nine million dollars a year johnny hockey patrick line jack rosevic 
nasty first line. Yeah, that's gonna they're they're gonna or score Boone Jenner, whoever they want to put in there. Patrick Line is gonna score so many goals. Uh hopefully it's not a double XP weekend though. Um <laughs> hopefully he takes the hoodie off when he puts the actual shoulder pads on, when he puts the season shoulder pads man, on. I was gonna I was gonna bring this up to you uh, when we were starting the show. One of one of my favorite memes on Twitter is like the is like the uh kyler murray is like he's 53 and oh when there's when there isn't a call of duty double xp weekend <laughs> and it's like he's one in 24 when there's a double xp weekend try being a fantasy owner of kyler murray it's fucking it's hell <laughs> poor guy um yeah my uh my pick for a break i can't he's he's still he's still waiting on the bubble but I really think this is going to be the year that Adam Bokvist t- takes that next step and really becomes that like full blown power play guy. Yeah. Puts up like 50, 60 points. Um, it's only a matter of time, and I, I, I really think this is the time for him. He's gonna, he's gonna get all those opportunities on that first unit, especially with a guy like Jonathan Hockey there. Um, it's gonna be really exciting. Uh, it's funny, Johnny Hockey signed for like such a bargain for the caliber player he is. And then they gave Eric Goodbunson four years, $4 million per year. That is one of the most completely fucking ne- shocking deals I've ever seen in my completely life. Completely negated the, the like buffet of savings. I 1000% believe that that was a deal that had to be done in order to get Johnny Hockey. It's like, okay, you can have Wayne Gretzky, but you also have to take Marty McSorley. <laughs> Well, it, it's it reminds me of the uh, it reminds me of the uh, Kawhi Leonard deal to uh, the Clippers when they like yeah, had to green. trade for no they they had to trade for Paul George and it was like you had to trade a million things including she goes with Alexander uh, in order to get Paul George but I mean now you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that's pretty sick um, okay Miles next up on the docket the New Jersey Devils uh, twenty seven hey, I'm walking over here. 27 46 and 9 seventh in their division missed the playoffs another team that always decides that they want to get busy in the offseason in comes Andre Palat on a nice long-term deal Brendan Smith from Carolina Eric Holla from Boston Vitek Vanacek from Washington and John Marino from Pittsburgh uh out goes another early retirement in PK Subban have any quick thoughts on PK Subban I do, and I've been a I've been a PK hater on this podcast for quite a while, and I almost feel bad that uh, that it, it's going to end the way that it does for him because, yeah, he was a fantastic player, won the Norris once, twice, uh, once, one time Norris winner, huge, was a massive piece of a blockbuster trade. Uh, Shea Weber went back to um, Montreal, as I'm sure many people remember. He went down to Nashville, uh, a guy who definitely had a promising career derailed by injuries. And yeah, all in all, PK Subban sucks that you're done uh, playing professionally, but I respect that you went out on your own terms and didn't budge from what you wanted to do and never change the type of person that you were. He was always super authentic. I believe that I read a report in this off season that he was either going to, he was only going to play if he could go chase a ring in Toronto or if he could uh, play for the Canadians again, and neither team was either interested or able to make it work. So he said no to the San Jose Sharks and Edmonton Oilers, I believe, were interested in working something out with PK, but he was like, nah, I only want to go to two places. So again, shout out PK Subban. Um, was a great ambassador to the game for the black community and just 
was a really likable guy. Good dude. Always took everything in stride. And shout out PK Subban. When he was in this prime, man, what an electrifying player. He was so <laughs> sick. I like, could just, I could never get by the high cross cuts, the way he skated, man. I could <laughs> never give that a pass. I feel so bad that he just wanted to get absolutely yoked and it just completely fucked up the rest of his career. <laughs> <laughs> it's the price you pay for gains. But he just wants to get huge and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to be a fucking cinder block on the ice. Um, in addition to uh, leaving town, uh, Ty Smith was another big one. Uh, we already previously mentioned him uh, in that Pittsburgh deal. Noble guys re-signed. Miles Wood, Jesper Brat, and Jonas Siegenthaler got a nice long-term deal. And a, a really smart piece of business um, by, uh, what the hell is the name of the GM in uh, New Jersey? Uh, it's Patrick. Tom, Tom Fitzgerald. That's it. Fitz it. something. Uh, <laughs> Fitz and fits in this dick i'm just kidding uh <laughs> yeah bye uh jonas siegenthaler really tidy piece of business um he's a pretty underrated defenseman um and quite good in his own end so you like to see that uh their first round pick simon nimich uh the slovak right-handed defenseman uh big time puck mover looks like a guy that you're probably gonna have as your anchor on the back end for the next f- 15 years or so um miles I'll let you take your breakout candidate first because you know what? I got in shit for Matt Barzell. I think you should get in shit for this one too. I only have one rule when I pick my breakout candidate, Nolan, and it's that they can't have more than 40 points. Wrong! Because I put Jack Hughes as having a superstar breakout year. I think this is the year where he, and again, yeah, I'll admit it, Nolan, this is horseshit. This is a horseshit pick. That is a horseshit Um, pick. Anyone can see this coming from 10,000 miles away, but I think Jack Hughes is going to have a fantastic year. And I think this is going to be the one where he goes from being like mid to being mid nasty. Um, one thing I do want to say, and maybe my, 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 my second breakout player. No, he's not going to break out. I just want to say miles Wood. if you ignore the spelling of the first name has one of the best names in sports. And he's probably one of the top three best-looking guys in the NHL. Oh, he's so hot. So that's a fantastic signing for for the New Jersey Devils, and he's gonna he's gonna be a part of that forward group with Jack Hughes, who's gonna be a breakout player. I think we're gonna see thirty goals from Igor Sharangovic. That's my that's my pick. Guy scored twenty four goals last season. Let's see him hit that thirty mark this year. Garlic Gorvich, eh? Yeah, okay. Let's not get canceled today, Miles. <laughs> um uh next up on the docket. Oh fuck, I'm really sad I don't get to do this one. You the got it. Philadelphia Flyers. The team that I labeled as one of Fuchs's frauds last season finished 25, 46, and 11. Good for eighth. That's last in the division. First in sadness and missed the playoffs. In Nolan. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo from the Carolina Hurricanes is going to be joining that back end, being an anchor, being a number one D-man in Philly. Uh, absolutely fits the, the bill of being a Philly dirtbag. Nick DeLaurier comes from Minnesota. Tortorello leaves the TNT broadcasting booth and gets behind the bench. Troy Grosnick, former Oiler, becomes the third string goalie for them. Shout out. And Nolan, you put a little player in here i'm not sure how to pronounce this one um acceptance and can you explain to me why you did that uh look what's uh look what's going out oh my god 
Uh, Oscar <laughs> Lindblom is on his way out. He's going to San Jose. Keith Yandel retired. This is the first recording we've done since Yans retired. He completed the trifecta of big name D-men to retire on the same day. Chara, Subban, Yandel. Nolan, any thoughts on him? Uh, really good offensive defenseman in his prime. Uh, was was a, a bit of a tire fire in his own end, especially towards the end of his career. I mean, holds the Ironman strike like, he was a really good player. He was a really good player. Um, that's re- that's really all there is to say about it. Um, also, obviously, one of the most personable guys in the league. He's uh, usually mentioned as one of the funnier guys, uh, as one of the fire funnier guys to ever play in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it sucks that he went out the way that he did because it just he was just he was just around for a little bit too long. Um, but uh, a, a really good player in his prime. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you like hugely on the personality aspect of it. I think everybody really liked the, the puck personality Keith Yandel was and marketable player that the game maybe jumped on a little bit too late to, to capitalize on, but a good defenseman in his, his own right and a good career for him and wishing him well in retirement. So he's on his way out. Martin Jones is also on his way out and Denial is on its way out of Philadelphia as well. Notable re-signings, they brought Justin Braun back after shipping him to the Rangers for the playoffs. And Owen Tippett, Ginger Jesus himself, getting a, a re-signing there. Their first-round pick, Cutter Gautier from somewhere in the States. I think he's an American-born player. Yeah. But what an incredible first name, Cutter. Cutter. Not, ju- not, not just a, a Southern Baptist's favorite pitch to throw at the the softball tournament that's a person's name um i don't have a breakout candidate ready to go nolan because i think the flyers sorry rami are gonna be a fucking disaster this season they're gonna be so bad and i I don't know if i want to hitch my if i want to hitch my wagon to anybody there so i'm just gonna take the cop out and say owen tippet um now with that being said i i don't i don't want to be that confident because there is the torts effect like torts could turn could turn uh carter hart into like a 930 goalie this season yeah or like, mentally cripple him yeah i mean either or i mean you, you kind of it's kind of a it's kind of a it's kind of a give and take with towards it's a coin flip yeah exactly uh my breakout candidate is bobby brink uh he's coming off of a really successful career in the ncaa uh one of the most decorated players in the history of the ncaa um Really crafty offensive player. We saw him a little bit uh, to close out last season. Uh, I think he's primed for a top six role on a pretty dog shit team. So um, I think that that's that's exciting for him. You that brings us to the end of the Metropolitan Division, Nolan. Do you want to save division thoughts finishings for the very end, or do you want to do that now? Uh, we can do it now if you'd like. I think I could go. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to uh, go first? Or- Sure. So, are we gonna start from? Are we start from number one? Best to worst. Okay. I'm going to go with the Carolina Hurricanes at number one. <laughs> who, who, who? Do do you want do you want to take turns going one to, one to one to eight, or do you want to, or do you want me just just to list all of them off and then That's, you list all yours off? Grip it and rip it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the New York Rangers again at number two. I don't think that there's much of a change there. Um, I'm going to go with the... I'm going to go with the New York Islanders at number three. All right. Yep. 
Um, I think that they're primed for a prime for a big bounce back. There's just there's just too much there's like there's too much solid depth on that team to to not make a to not make a move. Um in fourth place, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm just writing them all down here. Number five, I'm going to go with the New Jersey Devils. Number six, I'm going to go with the Washington Capitals. Uh, number seven, I'm going to go with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And number eight, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, Nolan, we are we are um not the same as we were last year. Last year there was a lot of of crossover between our picks, uh, and this year there appears to not be that. Uh, because in first I have the Carolina Hurricanes, in okay. second I got the New York Rangers. Yep. In third I've got the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. In fourth, and making it as a wild card team, I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Whoa, that's a big one. I got Washington at five. Okay. I got the Devils at six. I got the Islanders at seven, and I got the Flyers at eight. I don't mind that. It's pretty good. Uh, so you're going. So is so in fourth year. So you're taking the the wild card spots going to. Sorry, you said uh, Columbus. Uh, Columbus. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Interesting is right. I'm an interesting guy. Interesting fellow. Interesting yeah. thought process here. But we're uh, we're gonna see it all come together. I first. Okay. I uh, see. I, I feel like like. I will say about New Jersey, like they have to show their like. This is a team that has been talked about as this like fringe playoff team. Like they're getting close, they're getting close, they're getting close, and then it's like, oh, this is like classic Oilers getting like the second or first overall pick. Um, they have to show some signs, or else like heads are going to roll. And I yeah. firmly believe that Lindy Ruff is at least out as head coach. And do you know who the assistant coach is in uh, the Devils? The fact that you're saying it as fucking jokery as you are makes you think I should know and I don't. Why so serious? <laughs> um, uh, their assistant coach, well, actually associate coach, a little guy named Andrew Burnett. Oh, that's where he went. I was yeah. wondering where he went. Yes. Yeah, Andrew. that'll do. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. That's huge for them. So he, yeah. So he's just waiting for Lindy Ruff to, to mess up so yeah, he can he's just the f- he's slide the fucking, in. He's the fucking sleeper cell. He's gonna what's, what's <laughs> sleeper what's, cell? What's the, the heir apparent. What's the what's the what's the thing they uh, that's called on uh, on on like a submarine when uh, when you disobey like the chain of command again? What, what's that called again? Uh, like a mutiny? Yeah, a mutiny. Yeah. yeah, there's gonna be a mutiny. Why did you pick this... submarine out of like, I, Have you seen the movie Crimson Tide? No. Oh, they. It's a football team. They perform a mutiny, dude. Crimson Tide's a fucking good movie. If you want to, if you want to, like a ninety, a mid nineties banger, Crimson Tide is really good. It's got Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman, and they play submarine captains. I like I like my submarines above land, covered in vinaigrette and full of coal cuts. <laughs> I, I, was it the Danger Witch? No, but I want I want that be, I want it so I want it soaked in vinaigrette. But be careful, it's spicy. It's spicy. 
like, makes my skin crawl. Okay, uh, Nolan, I know we talked about this previously, but I feel like this is a good time to do it. One of the segments that Nolan and I are thinking of introducing to the show is the <laughs> rock star of the week. Now, rock star can either be um, used facetiously where we're making fun of them or can actually be about somebody who did something good in the community. So what will it be? Who knows? This week, Nolan, and this is, to, I, I actually have two, um, the rock star of the week because of how big of a shithead he's been since the NFL season started is Russell Wilson. I don't think that there's a more unlikable professional athlete like Tony D'Angelo. We make fun of a lot, but Russell Wilson, if you watch a minute of his TikToks, that's all you need to watch is a minute of his TikToks. You're going to hate this man. He is horrible he's so weird and the subway sub commercial that nolan was just referencing if you haven't watched it like dubbed over the batman scene from uh the dark knight the dark knight it is like serial killer scary that man should have and could have and probably is from ohio uh, you know I, I i feel a little bad for russell wilson the guy is just like clearly a fucking lame dad. He's just like a very lame dude. We care a lot. Yeah. Did you see that one? I so I, I, I had seen it. it. It's funny because like so many of these TikToks are also from like fucking six months ago. And they're just getting brought up now that he's like playing so terribly for the Broncos. Um, I don't know. I've always been kind of a Russell Wilson fan. I feel a little bad for him. But I mean, he's got like. 260 million dollars so i think that's okay and he's married to sierra i think life's probably okay for him um, um can i give you my other rock yes, star yes. rock stars of the week because this is funny okay so i think by now everybody has heard of or at least become familiar with the scandal in chess yes I, yeah I've heard, yeah can i can i raise oh you? i know what you're gonna bring up i know yeah. what you're gonna bring up is it the is it the chess one or is it a different thing it's the fishing one i was gonna fucking bring that up god damn it because jake runyon and chase kaminsky um in the let me check my notes here ohio fishing competition. oh my god ohio comes full circle today ohio sucks and not as bad as these guys okay so long story short um, camo and F-150 TikTok is going absolutely crazy right now because these two dudes um, got caught. They're multiple tournament winnings. And there's like hundreds of thousands of dollars in prize money that they've won over the past few years. And at the Ohio fishing competition, got caught stuffing lead weights and other fish fillets into the fish that they were catching so that they could have the heaviest catch and win the prize money. And like, if you have not seen this video, it is extremely vulgar. And it's so funny because these guys are standing there caught red handed. All the fish that they pulled up are getting pulled out, getting their bellies cut open. And they're pulling out these like large lead balloons. And they're like, Jake, do you have anything to say about, do you have anything to say about this? Jake, you want to say Just anything? stone face. And then there's guys in the background, like Jake, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> you should be in jail. Fuck you, Jake. Like, everybody is losing their mind. Everyone's wearing camo. Like, the amount of money that Bass Pro Shops has in that video is probably more than the money these guys stole. But it's it's nuts. It's so worth a watch, and it is really funny. Shout out to friend of the show and all-around good guy, Ramus Winston, for sharing that with us. And those two fellas, along with Russell Wilson, are the rock stars of the week. 
I might add some like I might add some like applause sound effects in post. <laughs> um, okay, Miles, should we get to the Atlantic? Yeah, I'm sorry, I took up a lot of time there. That, but you didn't take up you didn't take up that much time. It's okay. I I'm I'm very happy that you brought it up because this is going to be a regular thing from now on. So thank you very much for bringing it to my attention. Okay, the flow ride of Panthers. <laughs> um. I guess the stars, the stars of the Atlantic Division. Another last year. team that had a very big offseason. Uh, they went 58, 18, and 6, won the President's Trophy, and then subsequently lost in the second round of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I believe they got swept, actually, which uh, you don't like to see that. Um, and they made a few moves. Uh, uh, Colin White came over, Mark Stahl, Nick Cousins, Rudolph's Ballsters, I think is a nice little, is a nice little sneaky acquisition. Um, uh, they 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 hired Paul Maurice, which um, bad. That's that that's a, certainly a choice. Uh, but <laughs> but quite but 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 the 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 biggest choice uh, is the introduction and addition of Matthew Kachuk, uh, the superstar winger from the Calgary Flames, uh, came over in the absolute blockbuster of blockbusters. Uh, this summer, which I, honestly, that that trade still took me by. It still shocks me. I I still can't believe it happened, um, because sending uh sending out there uh sending out to Calgary's way, they sent jo- uh, Johnny or, oh, Jesus Johnny Huberdo, uh Jonathan Huberdo, as well as Mackenzie Weger, um, and then obviously a couple other little things in there as well. But um, I mean, two two guys that were like pillars of this franchise for a number of years are now heading off to Calgary and Matthew Kachuk is uh soaking up the soaking up the soaking up the rays in South Beach if you will. They also let Claude Giroux walk. Uh he was clearly just a big rental. Uh Mason Marchman also walked. He was able to get a nice big deal with the Dallas Stars. Ben Sherratt also left after uh getting uh, a first round pick uh trading a first round pick for him. That's, that's not good. And in the most shocking of shocking moves, they let Andrew Burnett go uh not not sure i agree with that uh and then a couple of guys that they notably re-signed in spencer knight as well as giving in addition to trading for matthew kachuk signing him up to a eight-year deal worth what was it 9.5 million dollars per year or something like that um a pretty outrageous contract but i mean for a guy of matthew kachuk's caliber we we talk about in hockey unicorns these guys that are able to get under the other team's skin as well as uh, have the highest amount of skill possible. And that's exactly what Matthew Kachuk is. He's just a fucking demon on the ice and he's just incredibly talented at hockey. So um, you love to see him uh, thriving, not in the Pacific division anymore. So congratulations, Matthew. Uh, Obviously no first round pick as it was shipped off in their multiple uh, trades that they, uh, that that they took part in uh, this last trade deadline. Um, my breakout candidate for this team, I'm actually going to give it to Rudolph's Balsers. Uh, I think that this is a guy that could could potentially have upwards of 25 to 30 goal potential in him. Uh, his kind of uh, what was on a really bad San Jose team, he kind of fucked around between San Jose uh, and Ottawa as well. So I, I think that this is a guy that could have a nice little uh, a nice little run with the Florida Panthers here. Uh, who is your breakout candidate? Uh, Mark Stahl. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm completely kidding. I just wanted to say Mark Stahl. Um, I'm going to say Spencer Knight. I don't think that that's a great breakout pick either, um, simply because everybody, again, sees him as, as like the guy in South Beach. But 
not to be outdone, Sergei Bobrovsky had a great season last year. There was a little bit of issues at the beginning of the year where people were like, this dude ain't it. This dude ain't worth it. Blah, 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 blah. And he really turned it on as the season progressed and uh, faltered a little bit in the playoffs, as did the whole team in that second round. So we're not going to put that exclusively on the goalie. There's five guys the puck's got to get past before it gets to him. But um, yeah, I can see Spencer Knight really taking the reins in that crease, getting red hot and making this Florida Panthers team a wagon again, not as much of a wagon as they were last year. But uh, yeah, I, I think Spencer Knight's going to have a really, really good season and, and kind of force Bobrovsky out of there. I like to hear it. Um, I do feel kind of bad about Florida now that they seemingly, especially if uh, Spencer Knight takes off in the way that they expect, uh, having to ship out that Bobrovsky deal is going to be a, uh, oh. a tough pill to swallow. And they're already in cap hell. Like, what are you going to do? They are what we would call in the biz super fucked. Uh, <laughs> would you, uh, would you like to take the next team miles? There's a lot of names in here. I'm going to have a tough bounce with, but uh, Toronto Maple Leafs last year, 57, 21 and seven good for second in the Atlantic division. Um, did not get the monkey off their chest last year, Nolan and lost no, uh, very famously a game seven battle to the Tampa Bay lightning to be eliminated again in the first round. They brought in superstar workhorse stud goaltender, Matthew Murray from Ottawa, Ilya Samsonov from Washington to be their new one, a one B Cal Yankrook came from Calgary. The guy who dropped the Stanley Cup and dented it uh, from Colorado is on their team. Nicolas Obey-Kubel is on their team. Adam Gaudet, also from Ottawa. Victor Mete, also from Ottawa. Um, That rounds out who came in, who went out. Jack Campbell, the cutest little guy who is now an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, Peter Mrazek, again, their other goalie. Uh, Cache, Andre Cache, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. Good job. Congratulations. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, Jason Spezza, who retired. We miss you, JS. Jason Um, Spezza. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do Brian Murray like that, but that's the only way I can say his name. So it was really hard. I'm glad you did. It goes to show why we're friends. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev also left. I said Mikheyev. I said it, but I said it, but I said it like a comrade. Okay. Mikheyev. Mikheyev. Notable re-signings. Are we counting this as a re-signing, Nolan? But Rasmus Sandin is coming back. Uh, After an injury on the blue line, this training camp, they decided to reunite with Rasmus Sandin and brought him back to the team. A re-signing? Yeah. Yeah, We'll call it a re-signing. Yeah, we'll call it a re-signing. First round pick, they traded it away, probably for somebody old. That was my note. Yeah, did they did they trade their first round pick away? I honestly can't remember. They what, didn't what? pick first round. I think they traded it last year when they brought in. Um, it wasn't that the, it wasn't Felino? Felino. No, it wasn't the no? Felino deal. That was the year before. Uh, let's 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 find out from from. Oh, right, they traded back. That's why. Oh, they, they traded back. Yeah. Okay. yeah, interesting. Either way, didn't have a first round pick this year. Yes, Toronto. Exactly. Yeah. With my, my MF and breakout candidate, I'm going to go with Nicholas Robertson. Uh, he's the third-line guy on this team. He's 21 years old. He's had a little bit of injury trouble in his career, so I think that he's coming off of those injuries. Uh, again, this guy that's going to benefit from like a really nasty top six, giving him some good uh, 
um, some good matchups that he can hopefully uh, eat away at. So it might be time for him to ball. Uh, he's got the goal scoring instinct as he scored 55 goals for the Peterborough Peets in 2019-2020. I know that success in junior hockey does not translate to the NHL all the time, but this dude, again, 21 years old. So he's not far removed from that. I'm sure he's got like a boatload of confidence and uh, hoping that he can be something for the Leafs and, and really show what he's all about. I like to hear it. I, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I've got my, my breakout candidate. I've actually got Rasmus Sandin. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs currently have a gluttony of injuries uh, on their blue line, and especially on the left side. Uh, you've got a, a guy that, I've seen it get injured multiple times in Morgan Riley. Uh, so he, he always has a possibility of going down. Jake Muzzin is famously, uh, we kind of don't really know the situation on him, whether or not he is going to be fully healthy for this season. So I think that they're going to be asking Rasmus Sandin to, to really play up above his weight class. And in addition to that, Mark Giordano is like a hundred years old. So we need to keep that in mind as well. Um, there is very big injury possibility for this team. And I think that they're going to lean on someone like Sandin uh, to play those heavy minutes and, and, and to really move the puck. So I, I think that we could see like a th- high 30, low 40 point season from this guy. Um, I, think he's really good and um i i wouldn't be surprised if he uh if he takes that next step this season oh yeah brother i like your pick thank you uh next up we've got the tampa bay lightning with a 50 with a oh (laughs) i just wanted to be funny brother yeah hell there you go um uh 51 23 and 8 record with third in the division lost in the stanley cup finals at the colorado avalanche Uh, in comes Philip Myers from Nashville, Vlad Nemestikov from Detroit. Uh, and then obviously they had their big deadline acquisitions in Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul as the deadline boys, uh, going out, they had a couple of mainstays on their team, uh, uh, head out the door in Andre Palat, Ryan McDonough and Jan Ruta. Uh, and then they famously made the very large re-signings of Mikhail Sergachev, Anthony Sorelli, and Eric Cernak. Uh, they actually made a first-round pick, which is a little surprising, in Isaac Howard of the U.S. National Development Program. Uh, guy famously wore a, uh, a fucking completely white suit to uh, to the draft. Looked oh, yeah. Like- that kid's a rock star. Yeah, yeah. Nolan, the term rock star gets oh, no. thrown around a lot these days, but that kid is a fucking rock star isaac howard go off king um but for my breakout candidate for this team i mean you don't really have many guys left because almost everybody has broken out in their own way um my pick is actually cal foot uh as it stands right now i believe he's playing on the top pairing with victor hedman which is a huge task and that's going to be a couple of really big boys a couple of really big buff boys um, little and, buff boys, and uh, I, 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 I see, I see, like, you know, mid, like, lower twenty minutes per game sort of ceiling for Calfoot. Maybe he has a little bit of offense to provide. Maybe he can get a couple of little, a uh, couple of little easy apples off of Victor Hedman. So, um, I think this is a guy that they've been kind of waiting to break out, and I think this is finally his time now that Jan Root has left the building. Uh, who is your pick for your breakout? Um. I'm actually not ready to talk about that yet because I think that we moved on from Isaac Howard prematurely. Okay. Because for those of you who who might not have the picture in front of you, Nolan, I'm hoping we can cut this in. Maybe uh, make a little clip out of this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we can. Maybe make um, a clip because out. it's worth it. 
Nolan. This kid is an absolute dime piece. Okay, we got the white suit. We covered that. Let's move on. Showing the ankles. Nice dark brown shoe. That's a good look. That's a really, that's a good look. Okay. But you know what makes it a great look? A turtleneck and chain. This guy wore a turquoise or navy blue. I don't know colors very good, but he wore a turtleneck and a chain. Oh, shit. What's keeping up that massive? Uh, It's an American flag belt buckle with the white suit. How quickly we forget about this man's patriotism. A graduate of the U.S. development program. He's not letting you forget. It's the centerpiece of his outfit. That's a 10 out of 10. That's an 11 out of 10. That's a 50 goal scorer looking back at you. God, I love this kid. Uh, all right. So my breakout player for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You can't again, pick Isaac Howard. He's, he's I know not, I can't because he's, he's probably he's not going to make the team. He's not a bolt, but he's a pimp. And you know who else is a pimp? Uh, Brandon Hagel, I'm thinking, is going to have an incredible season. Put up thir- And I fact-checked myself, Nolan. Put up 37 points at the Hawks last year and then put up seven points. So he is also over that 40 point threshold, but I'm going to give myself a pass because I'm my own judge and jury, but I think Brendan Hagel is going to have some great line mates. Um, he's going to be acclimatized to the heat in South Florida, and he's going to come out just smoking. I think he's going to have a great year. Okay. I like the pick. Um, all right. Uh, I believe you have the next team. I do. And I think that this is very fitting because I'm going to take a steamer on this team team and i'm gonna feel bad about it but i'm gonna get over it really quickly the boston bruins who were 51 26 and 5 last year good for fourth in the division a wild card playoff spot and ultimately lost to carolina in the first round now you know what's funny about that first round exit nolan i made a bet with i made a bet with friend of the show and just general good guy bon hamilton that Carolina was going to win that series, and we bet a uh, no free ads Zam Zam's platter on it. Ooh. I still have not gotten that platter. I'm starving, but uh, I don't forget. Oh, and I never forget. Uh, Lannister always pays his debts. Game of Thrones. Have you seen it? Have you heard of it? Players that came in for the Bruins this offseason David Krejci came back from his sabbatical in the Czech Republic. Pavel Zacha, 20 round, 2015 first round pick from the New Jersey Devils. He's coming into town. Jim Montgomery also joining this team behind the bench. New coach, what's it to you? On their way out. You said his name previously, Nolan. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, um, Eric. Oh, er- Eric Howla. Eric Howla. Holla, sorry. Eric Holla. Holla. I'm no longer a Bruin. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so he left as well. But uh, more importantly, Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, and Matt Grizzlick are all out until about November because they got various surgeries. So we are counting those as outs because there was not a tremendous amount of turnover on this team this offseason. Notable re-signings. I couldn't really find anything this offseason. Do you know any off the top of your head? Uh Boston's re- I don't think so. I don't think they really. This is the first yeah. year of Charlie McAvoy's new deal, which is a pretty big one. That's first like year, like Taylor Hall now. resigned before last season as well. Yeah. Um, Taylor Hall, by the way, is going to be out for the first little bit of the season. Taylor so Hall it's another. 
Taylor Hall and injuries. What else is new? <laughs> That's um, another out, Bruins fans. Yeah, um, oh, I guess like the whole Jake DeBrusque thing um, was resolved. I, th- I think he resigned to a two-year deal, so I think that that might be something. Jake DeBrusque, notable yeah. resigning for the Bruins. Yeah, we'll go with him. First round pick, no pick this year, no pick for the first round for the Bruins. It's a tough yeah. bounce. Um, Nolan, I'm going to let you do your breakout candidate first because I'm going to talk for a little bit. Well. Um, I actually, <laughs> I'm thinking about this a little bit. I've been thinking, you know, let's do a little, let's do a little thinking here. You know, it's just a little bit of a, a little bit of a, little bit, a little bit of a thinking process. Um, I don't want to say Jeremy Swayman because I feel like he's kind of, everybody kind of knows who Jeremy Swayman is. I'm going to say Pavel Zaka is going to have a really nice season. I think that he's going to be able to play up in the lineup for the Bruins and he's going to be quite good. He's going to be like a 50, 60 point guy. I could I really, I really like that pick because I, I think he's going to have a great year for the Bruins as well. But Nolan, here's my issue with the Boston Bruins overall. Okay. All right. Last year. I gave the designation of Fuchs's frauds to the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. And this year I've decided to give that gift to the Boston Bruins. I am officially <laughs> rubber stamping them as Fuchs's frauds for this season. I think the Bruins are going to be doggy doo doo compared to what people think they're going to be. So, like, I'm not saying basement. Um, or maybe I am stay tuned, but I am saying that they're not going to come as advertised. I think that they are leaning a little bit too heavily on some young guys to step in for those injuries. Mm-hmm. And I know that these injuries aren't forever, but let's, 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 let's look at what's going on. You said it first, Taylor Hall injuries. What else is new? He's hurt a fair amount and I don't know what he's out with, whatever ailment it is. So I'm going to sound smarter and talk about Brad Marchand's injury, which is a hip injury. He got surgery this off season, but hip injuries, if anybody knows anything about them, look at Ryan Kessler. They are extremely prone to reoccurrence and guys that come back from hip surgeries. I think he got a double don't come back the same type of player. So I think that there's going to be a drop off for Marshy, unfortunately, unless you're yes, um, unless you're yes, because he's a dog. Um, so that's that. Uh, David Krejci coming back to I don't know why everybody's so jacked up about this. I don't think that he's gonna come back the same guy that he left as. Uh, McAvoy's gonna be out for a while, Grizzly's gonna be out for a while. So that decor already, um, is yeah, gonna be leaning on some players that have like 11 games of NHL experience. And it's the Bruins, everybody knows the Bruins are good. Um, blah 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 blah, but they haven't drafted particularly well in the past few years. I agree with that. So I don't think that they're going to be as solid as they usually are. And I think you're really going to see it this year and it's going to bite them in the ass. They also fired one of the best coaches in the league. Absolutely. Like, I don't, I, 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 yeah, I see where you're coming from. Totally. I I mean, I was looking at their, I was just looking at their roster quickly when I was kind of like looking over who my breakout player is going to be fucking Mike Riley's out too. Like that's another pretty, pretty decent player that's out. Um, yeah. Like, I just I just don't know what this team man. I think that like there's a lot of guys in this roster that I just don't think are very good. Um and if they are they're like middle six guys. Um I think they're just missing a lot of high end talent. Um obviously like Marshawn and Bergeron are tremendous players, but I just don't know 
at their age at how much they can really keep up. Um, this is really like, I hate using this example because I feel like every fucking uh, media talking or hockey media talking head uses this, but it's like, like the, it's like the last dance sort of thing for like the, like this Boston Bruins team. Okay. Nolan, I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking to a couple Bruins friends who Bruins fans, friends, and I don't know why they think they can get away with a last dance designation. Like what you won a cup in 2010, yeah, right? 2011. Yeah. 2011 11 years ago. Yeah. And lost in two Stanley cup finals. Do not be smirch the good name of the six time champion Chicago bulls and call yourself a last dance. Got to win more than one to be any sort of dynasty. Last Dude, time I checked, I listened to a podcast from an insider like 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 an NHL insider, like a very big name in the insider. I don't want to. I don't want to besmirch their podcast. And he referred to the upcoming Leaf season as the last dance. That's atrocious. Yeah, it, that makes me want to throw up. I like do something. This is like a this is like a completely separate tangent. But I fucking hate how so many hockey media guys are like trying to like. Yes, basketball is a really cool sport, but we don't need to interject every basketball comparison into the NHL. Like, we can make the NHL cool on its own on its own merit. We don't need to like interject a bunch of basketball references, especially when they do not fit. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. But that's enough about the Bruins. Um. Okay. So, I like this team. Um, the Buffalo Sabres, um, 32, 33, and 11, fifth in their division. Um, in comes the, comes the goat head black jersey. The, the goat head black jerseys. Uh, Ilya Labushkin comes over from Toronto, and Eric Comrie comes from Winnipeg. Uh, going out, they sent Colin Miller, Will Butcher, Cody Eakin, and Dustin Tokarski. Notable guys they brought back in Victor Olofsson, Tage Thompson, Craig Anderson, and then their first-round picks, Matthew Savoy and Noah Usland and uh, Yuri Kulich. Um this uh, this team is kind of going for that sort of fun youth vibe right now. Um, my breakout Canada is actually Alex Tuck. Now I know that Alex Tuck has always been pretty like pretty good, uh, but I think that this is like a seventy point guy and will most likely be the next captain of the Sabers. Um, I I I just think that this team's a lot of fun, and I think I'm gonna watch a lot of Sabers games this year. Nice man. Who who who's your breakout candidate? Um, I can't pick between two, so I'm gonna I'm gonna co-own this one between Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs or Owen Power. Maybe three. The Owen Power one, not so much because like first overall pick, I feel like like whatever it is what it is. But there's a lot of young guys on this team with a lot of talent and a lot of ability that I think like they could go nuclear. I think I may be a year ahead of myself on some of those players where, you know, they might be the the Jack Hughes next year where I'm like, oh, everybody knows they're going to be sick, but I'm I'm definitely investing early in in Cousins and Krebs uh to be nasty guys. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm a massive Peyton Krebs guy, so uh not nothing new there. But I like the uh Talking about Peyton Krebs, I like the Alex Tuck pick. You know, the other piece that went back uh, with him from that Vegas deal to, to ship Eichel out. So, uh, Buffalo Sabres youth movement in full effect. I think also, agree with you. I think they're yeah. going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to have a lot of a lot of guys you're rooting for. They also just like I've mentioned this before, but like guys that just want to be there. It just seems like they have a lot of guys there that want to be there and really enjoy being Buffalo Sabres right now. Um, and like Don Granado has them playing this like really. Um, 
I don't know, like this like really inspired hockey. Like these guys just really enjoy playing for the city of Buffalo. And it's like that, that overall underdog mentality. I just like, I could easily see this team having a little bit of a, a little bit of magic to them. It just, it just a little bit of magic. Um, you got guys that were coming off of like resurgent seasons, like Jeff Skinner and Kyle Ocpozo. Um, you, you, you mentioned Owen power, like Owen power was tremendous, um, in those first few games. Like, and I think he's going to be really, really, really good. Yeah, man. I agree with you. And it's funny you bring up magic because, you know, magic generally comes from wizards, right? Yep. So it's fitting that they have fucking Dumbledore between the pipes and Craig Anderson. Hell yeah, dude. The oldest guy in the world. He's older than Mike Smith, I believe. Yeah, dude. That's why I'm making a like a big bearded Merlin joke. So like I love everything that you said. It all makes a lot of sense. And I get that they're just essentially buying like so him and Eric Comrie are just, you know, placeholders for Devin Levi and Koopa Lupa Lupalin. I don't Koopa know. Koopa yeah, for, for those two studs to come in. So um, I understand that they're placeholders, but like everything you're saying about the Sabres makes sense until you look at the crease. Um, Miles, mm-hmm. uh, score in the Oilers game is now Kay. 3 3 2. From a Dylan Holloway goal? Uh, it is. Yeah, he scored a second goal of the game. Yes. And insider, shout out. He asked me if I was going to do it. Um, Jackson Mahomes said that it was like, a filthy goal. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. Insider, insider message from from our buddy Jackson. Thank you, thank you, thank you from inside the hole from Jackson. <laughs> inside the Oilers hole. Inside um, the Oilers hole. All right, Miles. Who's up next? The Detroit Red Wings, a team I hate with a burning passion, who went 32, 40, and 10 last season, good for sixth in their division, who missed the playoffs. Coming in, Andrew Kopp, Ben Chirac, David Perron, Dominic Kubalik. Billy Hudson. I mean, Huso. I meant to write that. Billy Huso? Yeah, yeah. Billy Huso. Yeah, oh, I should have caught that. Yeah, he's a stud goalie. He came from the Blues. Billy Huso. Um, mm, don't know how to do that. It's literally how it sounds. Or how it sounds. <laughs> how does that sound? Pissick? There you go. You got it. Mark Pissick, probably from upstate New York, uh, came from Buffalo. That's the joke. And Ollie Mata. Out, Danny DeKaiser, Thomas Grice. Thomas Grice has some shit that came out about him. I don't know oh, if you heard. We can talk a, about that. He's he's a tough hang. Thomas Grice is a tough hang. Um, Mark Stahl, Vladislav Nemes Nemes Nemesnikov, Nemesnikov, Sam Gagne, Oilers legend, Mitchell Stevens, and Thomas Grice for oh, a second I, I, time, sorry. just because we want to talk about how shitty he is. Uh, notable resigns. This team has so much turnover. LOL. Uh, their first round pick was Marco Casper. He was taken seventh overall. He's a centerman from Sweden. If there's two things in life that are guaranteed being death and taxes, I think the third would be the Red Wings just picking Swedes. I think you're correct. And Thank like, you. I bet you any money Marco Casper is going to be the best player of that draft. Oh, fuck, I hate it so it's, much. It's going to happen. Steve, Steve Eiserman, you know, you were just speaking about wizards. Steve Eiserman is a literal wizard. He sucks so much. That's why I hate them so much because they're everything. Um, Stupid boy making me so sad. Everything is just high end in that organization. Absolutely. Um, Nolan, I'm unprepared. I'm ill-prepared here for a breakout candidate. So why don't you go? 
I'm it might be a bit of a cheat, but I think that Jacob Verana, like everybody's talking about, like Jacob Verana, like finally scoring a bunch of goals, and I think he's got like 35 goals in his arsenal this season. Um, I think he's going to be really, really, really good. That's where you're going, eh? Yeah. Man, I'm looking at this roster, and I don't know if there's really anybody here that I'm taking as like a as a sleeper or a breakout player because I think that this team is very much like you, you, what you're looking at is what you're going to get, and I think that they're going to be pretty tight overall. Um, I think Andrew Kopp's going to benefit from the Jakob Vrana blowout season that you're talking about here where he's going to be a stud, so I'm going to say Andrew Kopp is just going to be this like, how did Winnipeg let him go kind of guy. Oh, okay. That works. Go with that. Let's go. Or or we can hope that Dominic Kubalik finally gets back to his 30-goal fucking potential he had from his rookie season. Or we can hope that the Red Wings just are a literal burning tire fire and don't live up to their potential because we're not good people. Um, A team that is trying to not be a tire fire for once, the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> um, oh, I, I just thought of something that was really bad, and I, I shouldn't say it. Uh, 33-42-7, seven, seventh in their division, missed the playoffs, uh, and they had a crazy summer as well, uh, making the blockbuster deal for Alex Debrincat, bringing in Claude Giroux. Uh, they acquired Travis Hamnick at the deadline last season, and then also uh, in a little last-minute uh, little last minute move there, uh, bringing in Cam Talbot, former Oiler. Hello. Uh, former Oiler, franchise leader in single-season wins. Yes, there we should, pro- we should pro- probably make Put some that. respect on, on Kelly's husband's name. He's so hot too. I saw a picture. I saw I saw his headshot, and I showed it to Taylor. I'm like, look how fucking hot he is. She says, I I, I know. Um, going out, they've got. <laughs> she, she says, I know. Um, stinky Matt Murray and Stinky Philip Gustafson are uh, both on their way. Uh, are, are are both uh, both have their bags packed. Uh, Matt Murray, I I, I Godspeed Toronto because that's um that's fucking tough. Like. We watched Matt Murray. It, remember, the, remember the Senators in the remember the Senators in the shortened season, Miles. Like the like the very the, first season we did a one for one. Like remember the no remember, fan season. Yeah, yeah. When the Oilers beat them thirteen fucking times. Like remember, like it was because who who was it that they was it? I don't think it was Joey Decord that they that they shelled. Who was it? Oh, Hogberg. Oh, the hog. Hogberg. I, I remember the hog. Oh, poor guy! That like fucking Sheldon. <laughs> he Absolutely. sent him to the shadow realm. Yeah, Absolutely sent him to the Shell Oil Corporation. Um. <laughs> anyways, notable resignings. I don't really think there were many. They they were also a team that kind of had like a crazy amount of turnover. Um. Oh, I guess they had the fucking uh, uh Tim Stutzla resigning, which is a big one. Uh, he basically got the bag, even though he hasn't scored more than like 30 points in a season. So, um, Godspeed for him. But I, I, I think that, I, I think that he's going to be, I think that he's going to be really good. And I think that that's a pretty smart gamble by that team. Um, other than that, they, uh, are still waiting on Alex Formanton and that's a bit of an interesting situation there. Uh, Josh Norris also got re-signed. He got signed to a pretty long, he got signed to an eight year deal as well. Um, that's a player that I I think is really good and that's going to age. Um, that's going to age pretty well. Um, the obviously didn't have a first round pick. Um, my breakout candidate for the senators I I don't know if I can 
I, I want to say that Brandstrom is going to finally put it together. Um, but you know what? I, 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 it's kind of a cop out, but I would like to, I think, I think, I think Tim Stutzel is finally going to take that next step. I think he's going to finally work his way into it. Like a, like a top line role. I'll trade you the one for one Jack Hughes for the Stutzel. I think oh. we're fair there. Except Jack Hughes was over a point a game player last year. He did like 56 points. Yeah. In like 48 games. Well, fucking don't get hurt. All right, real, real star show up. I'm pretty sure he was an all star last season too. Real, so yeah, so was uh, Jack Campbell, and everybody's calling him a dog shit player. So <laughs> who's everybody? Uh, go on Twitter. Everyone thinks the Oilers are shit. D- don't don't go on Twitter, Miles. Yeah, Twitter is a cesspool. Ignore Twitter as much as you can. So speaking evil. of speaking of a cesspool, a man that just left a cesspool situation. Um, my breakout candidate, I said the whole team because they're going to be nasty. But outside of the top six, I am going to take Matthew Joseph, who uh, came late last season to the Senators from Tampa Bay. Um, I think that the change of scenery there and again, advantageous matchups are going to finally see this guy make a jump here and, and become the player. Uh, like he, he doesn't really fit that role of like just a, he's not supposed to be the guy that score, scores a shitload of goals, but I think that he's going to be a really nice additional piece to this forward core and, you know, uh, be, be, be a boy, be a, be a bit of a dog. He got the dog in him. <laughs> uh, all right, Miles. I don't want to do. I don't want to do Montreal. I don't want to, Nolan, because I'm gonna fuck up all of these names, and everybody's gonna be like, "You're stupid," and they're not gonna take us serious. But I'll try. Can you say who? Um, okay, Montreal, 22, 49, 11, good for eighth in the division, and then they won the Shane Wright sweepstakes, but they didn't take Shane Wright, Nolan. Who did they take? Uh, your uh, Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, Yuri Slavkovsky. I was I was just being a jerk with what I wrote in the notes. There. No, I know, but I honestly don't know how to say it. Oh. I need to hear it a few times, and then I'll be good to go. Yeah, uh, Ye- Yevgeny Dadnoff also joined the squad. Mike Matheson came from Pittsburgh. Uh, boring Sean Monahan came from Calgary for a literal bag of pucks, and Kirby Doc uh, came from the Chicago Blackhawks. On their way out was Jeff Petrie and the corpse of Shea Weber. Um, Matthew Perrault also left as he retired. A guy who famously had like just a stupid head of hair on him when he played for the Jets. Also, just like a pretty, just a pretty consistent like middle six career. Good yeah. for Matthew Perrault. Yeah, Made a lot of money. Ma- yeah. Good for Matthew Perot, and I mean, like any French guy is probably going to want to play for the Habs, so probably got to live out a childhood dream. Shout out to the boy. Uh, notable re-signings: that goalie, Sam Montembeau. Yeah, another guy. Another guy who's probably really happy to play for the Canadians. Uh, first round pick, as mentioned, the guy that went first overall, and Philip Massar. Yeah. Philip yeah, Misar. yeah, from Misar, 26th overall right wing from Slovakia as well. Uh, yeah, he was no, famously in that group of the three Slovakian players drafted in the first round that were all hyping each other up and stoked to be together and uh, just had a really nice moment. So I'm going to make fun of the Canadians a lot, but I'm not going to make fun of that guy uh, for now. Their breakout candidate from me, ooh, 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 ooh. I don't know if I have one, man. I really don't know if I have one. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna say Kirby Doc, and I know that that's another cop out one. 
he hasn't really had a like a season yet in the NHL where he's um, impressed or balled out or lived to the lived up to the hype that came with his draft pick. Uh, he's also been a guy who's battled some injury uh, some injuries that have like kept him out for a long period of time. But I think Kirby Doc is gonna is gonna take that next step and finally be that prospect, that player that everybody thought he was when he was drafted. Um, can I pick a for my breakout player? Can I more pick like a like a like a rebound? Yeah, man, go for it. I'm gonna go Sean Monahan. Sean Monahan. Okay. I th- okay. I, I yeah, that'll do. <laughs> I could see like twenty twenty five goals for Sean Monahan gets moved at the deadline for like. I don't know, second round pick or something to some team like Minnesota or something <laughs> like do, that. Why do you say it like they're like you're sucking gas? <laughs> Minnesota. That's Minnesota. fair. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that there is I think that there is a lot of potential and, and like for a guy that they're obviously not gonna wanna treat any of their younger guys to like all those minutes. And you could give Sean Monahan a lot of those minutes and let him thrive in a top top to middle six role um yeah i think that there's i think that there's some really positive signs uh you know coming up for for mr boring sean monahan you know what matt i would i would like to see that uh, you know we talked talked a lot about hip injuries tonight but that's a guy who's had some hip injuries in his career and I'd like to see him bounce back he's just a good dude he likes playing toast and kicking ass so welcome to Montreal. Um, Miles, for the Atlantic Division, could we um, start from the bottom actually? Because I think that there's a lot more. There's a lot. There's a lot more difference in what the top three is going to be. I think in this one. Sure, man. Okay, Miles. I feel like I feel like we both have the same eighth place. The team we just talked about, the Montreal Canadiens. Yes. Yes. Okay. Agreed. Cool. So we both have the Habs and eight. Yep. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Do you think seven's going to be the same if I was talking about Buffalo? No. Okay. So I have the Sabres at seven. Okay. I have the Ottawa Senators at seven. Ooh. Okay. Um. I do not. I do not trust their decor. Um. I don't trust their goaltending as much as I do love uh Cam Talbot. He's also out for the next. I think they said six weeks or something like that. And okay. also, uh, Anton Forsberg is has historically been a journeyman goaltender. I just. I just don't know with with. With that, um, I think they've got a lot of offensive firepower, but I think that there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of shit going on, for lack of a better term, in Ottawa. Okay. Um, so that's 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 where I have them. Okay. Um, Who do you have next? Uh, in number six, I've got the Detroit Red Wings. Okay. Um, Boston so you... Bruins. Oh, there it is, hey. The fraud stamp okay. sliding them there, and it's six. Okay. Um... Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um at number five, I've got the Boston Bruins. I have the Ottawa Senators. Okay. Number four. I've got the Buffalo Sabres. Oh baby. Okay. That's I've, a fucking odd jump. I've got uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Um so another thing that's being factored into this is coaching. Um 
I I really, really, really like Don Granado as a coach. Um, I think that he's instilled so many good habits into a lot of those guys in that team. Um, they like it looks like they're having a lot of fun playing hockey. I don't trust DJ Smith as a head coach in Ottawa. Um, I certainly uh, don't trust, I'm not sure if I trust Jim Montgomery, but I certainly do not trust Paul Maurice, which is why I have the Florida Panthers. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like they're moving down very, uh, very far. Um, but I've got the, uh, the Florida Panthers actually going into third. Um, so I, I've still got them very competitive and I'm more so b- basing that off of their top line because you're going to, you're going to have Matthew Kachuk and Alexander Barkov, like no matter what, that's going to be a really good duo. Um, so I, I, I but I, re- I could easily see, I'm being dead serious. I could easily see the Florida Panthers missing the playoffs this year. Okay. Um, so that's my, that's, that's my thing with them. And then, uh, two and one, I've got the Tampa Bay lightning at number two and I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs at number one. Okay. Interesting. So we were not when you were like, yeah, this is just a fucking mess. Both yeah. of us. Yeah. Okay. So I have the sends at five. I got the, I got the wings as the wild card wild Ooh. wings. I got the Leafs at three. I got the Panthers at two and I have the lightning at one. Oh, you got you got Champa coming back for their top spot, eh? The big dogs. Yeah, I think that the big dogs are going to be starving. I think that they're going to be a little hungry, um, and I think that they're going to come out what? But yeah, I agree that Florida is going to fall off a little bit. Um, I think that the Leafs are just going to be the Leafs and are going to be. I I well maybe not the Leafs. I think I I don't think that the Leafs are going to be as advertised. Uh, we'll get in the playoff discussions obviously later when we see kind of how things go but uh yeah i've got the i've got the bruins missing the playoffs and disappointing a lot of people i could i i i would have the boston bruins also missing the playoffs um and i've got the buffalo sabers taking that wild card spot at four yeah i think that the eastern conference is a lot more um up for grabs than it has been in previous Mm -hmm. years it's kind of been boring like last year i think they had the playoff field set like 20 games left and everybody kind of knew where everybody was going to finish. It was just about like a couple different matchups for who gets home ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't see that being the the tail of the tape this year. And I think that a lot of these playoff battles are going to come down to like the freaking wire. Every game is going to matter. Do you want a spicy little, a spicy little hot take that's going to kind of kind, kind of step on our Western conference preview a little bit? Uh, no, but I, yeah. I think the Buffalo Sabres make it to the playoffs before Jack Eichel does. Ooh. Wouldn't that be a storyline, hey? I wouldn't hate that. fucking funny. That would be really funny. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, though, Nolan, because we do. Is there anything else you want to say, or can I kind of do the wrap-up? I think uh, I think I'm all good. I I, th- I think that we've got all these things marked up. I'm I'm gonna make sure that I take notes of uh, of all of our picks when I when I when I edit this, and then that way we can kind of uh, we can I can maybe put it in like a little graphic or something, and then we can put it out on our socials. Absolutely. Um, I think yeah, we'll we will certainly do that. Um, but yeah, I I am very excited for the upcoming week, Nolan, upcoming next few days, because the Oilers open up their season first game, regular season game at home against the Vancouver Canucks on October 12th. Uh, that's going to be, Oh shit. I never got to tell you my, uh, my story about uh, Nico Heischer. Oh no, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. 
We'll save that. We'll save that one. I, I have an actual insider story about Nico Heischer. That's really funny that I'm really looking forward to telling everybody. Uh, but yeah, the Oilers are opening up their season. Um, game one, October 12th against the Vancouver Canucks at home. It's going to be a, it's going to be a beauty. But uh, before then, Nolan, we have another episode coming out. That's going to be our Western Conference preview episode. I'm really stoked for that. That's going to be very Oilers heavy. So um, for those of you who aren't Oilers fans that enjoyed this week, uh, enjoy it while it lasts because next week we're going to be back and brutally harping on the Oilers. Lots to talk about after a very busy offseason for them. But this, Ooh, Nolan. I can't wait. What? I just, what? I just I'm excited. Wait. I'm so, it's stoked. so exciting. It's really good to be back. Uh, this has been the first episode of season three of the One for One podcast where we have hotter takes and even hotter listeners. Thank you for joining us. I'm Miles. He's Nolan. Go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go. Yeah.